thank you enough for joining us on this beautiful Friday on the last day of 2021 in which we will celebrate bowl season and talk about going into week 17 of the NFL season. Have a couple guests. Uh, one is returning, one brand new. In just a few moments, Shane Beamer, head coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks, the man who won the Duke's Mayo Bowl, will be joining us in yes. a few minutes. In about 30 minutes, Kirk Herbstreit, the voice Herbie? of college football, will join us. He's got a paramount next like 24 hours Mm -hmm. i believe he's calling tonight's game down in miami which georgia will take on michigan in a battle that should be absolutely electrifying we'll chat with him and joining us uh, to start the show from an attic in ohio ladies and gentlemen aj AJ, happy new year to you, to the boys at ty schmidt nick moraldo sitting in for boston connor who is yes yet to test out of the COVID protocols. Now, much like the NFL, we do have a five-day rule sentence that you have to adhere by. And if the symptoms are going down by day five, you can come back. So Connor will be back by overreaction Monday. He thought he was going to be able to test out and come back for this beautiful New Year's Eve edition of the show. And when I talked to him last night, he told me very, very clearly, I'm looking to be the, <laughs> <laughs> the fastest returner in the office. I said, you sound fucking terrible. (laughs) It's just my throat, man. Hold on. And he took a drink of water. Don't I sound good? (laughs) He said, everything else feels good, just the throat or whatever. I'm like, you sound maybe worse. And I want to let you know, if those symptoms aren't going down by day five, much like the CDC and Roger Goodell, don't you be lying to us and spread it on the cron. He might have 19, by the way. Not said sure. I'm not sure if it's on the cron. I don't know if he's roaming around with the homie homie or if he's with Delta or 19. Uh, One niner might be floating around that apartment. I'm not 100% sure, uh, but we do miss... Connor, happy New Year's, Connor. We miss you, buddy. Your energy, everything about it. Have a hell of a year. Miss you, Connor. Tone Diggs is here, one half of the hammer. Cowboys. And uh, AJ, happy New Year, man. What a year 2021 was. The real world was obviously a little bit of a carryover of the insanity that was 2020. Uh, No way we could have expected to be dealing with similar shit, but in a new fashion, 365 days later, whenever January 1, 2021 came about, there's no way we could have thought we'd be where we are now. I like to think that there is a big old bright light at the end of the tunnel for everybody because I'm an optimist, but this show tried to be a bunch of stooges that could be a mental vacation for people. And although we didn't always hit the mark, I feel like we did a pretty good job being dumb. AJ, I feel like we did a pretty good job being dumb. And congratulations to you for being a part of it, AJ. I, I feel like we uh, we do a very good job at being very dumb on a lot of different topics. So if that's our one of our goals, I think we're hitting that one. Well, that was the only goal. Hey, we're going to be idiots who are the mental vacation for everybody whenever they need to get away from the real shit that's happening. Now, real shit that's happening got into our vacation there pretty Strong. Yeah, you could say okay, that. We became the real life all of a sudden. Mm. <laughs> For a portion of 2021, we became. The, we became. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that was not fun times. It was, it was what we were called to do, though. You know, and we definitely took some missteps and 
<laughs> we might have not handled everything perfectly, but I believe going into 2022, I have a lot of pride in saying that this platform will remain a place for great conversation about sport. If the real world comes into sport, we will address it. And if sports continue to be awesome like they have been since the beginning of sports, uh, we will have another trip around the sun, hopefully being absolute dumbasses uh, and an escape for everybody. Can't thank everybody enough. Can't thank AJ Hawk enough. Can't thank the boys enough. Can't thank all the friends of the show that joined us this year and gave us incredible conversation. We have a wrap-up video with our final giveaway of 2021. Foxy spent hours and hours putting it together. It'll debut at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today. It'll be how we wrap up this show and go into the college football playoffs and watching them at home as we project into day one of the 2022 year. Yesterday was a hell of a day for one man and one man alone. Now, a lot of people, I guess, had great days. Yeah, uh, sure. Purdue had a great day. The kicker, <laughs> right. the Tennessee, uh, the ref who called oh, the touchdown. Man. I I know, it was bef- I know he scored before I blew the whistle, but my decision's final. Yeah. You know, my decision in my head before I blow the whistle is fuck. You see any stripes? Final. Tennessee kind of got screwed, but I'm sure there's a lot of fans that don't care about that. It was an electrifying bowl game, an electrifying bowl season that is only continuing. And a man yesterday stole the headlines because his team has an underdog. Come out with a big-time win. He gets doused in mayonnaise. His team was projected by an asshole to only win two games. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here they are on the other side of it. He's got CTE and some mayonnaise still on him. Ladies and gentlemen, head ball coach for the South Carolina Gamecocks, Shane Baker. Yeah! What's up, dude? Appreciate that. Fantastic intro. Thanks for having me on. Hey, uh, no, thanks for joining us. I know you and I ran into each other on a random island, <laughs> and uh, it was very nice to meet you. And I think... Yep. Chatting with you at that time, going into South Carolina, you were very optimistic. You were very forward and positive thinking. I think you were very excited in our brief interaction for what you were about to accomplish down there. And uh, obviously you dumped on a guy, you know, in a kind fashion. But a lot of people thought you were going to stink this year. Instead, you have massive success. And I think you're setting yourself up for even more growth down there. Uh, have you enjoyed the whole process of this year down there in South Kakalaka? Beamer Ball is going to go on for, what, another 20, 30 years. Here we go, Shane. Let's hope so. It's a great start. Uh, wouldn't mind being back on that uh, secluded island that I saw you at back in June. That, that was, was awesome. I wouldn't mind being there right now. <laughs> um, but, no, it was awesome. Great year one. Had a bunch of great players and coaches around me and, and got tons of potential in this program. Got everything we need to be successful. And, and uh, you know, great way to finish yesterday with an awesome bowl win. Good, Coach. Uh, Pat mentioned uh, you still have some CT and mayonnaise left on you. Were you aware of the contact they made at the back of your head with that that big tub of mayonnaise right here? We give you – like, the first thing we said is, dang, this dude has a hard head. Like, this is <laughs> unbelievable. Like, did, that, did you feel it? Yeah, I'm like sore today. Seriously, uh, I feel like I've been—I feel like I played a football game to be honest with you. Because I didn't know when the mayonnaise was going to get dumped on me, so I'm sitting there like there's no countdown, there's no like okay, here we go. Yeah, like hey, boil your neck here or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting there waiting on the mayonnaise, and then I get blasted in the back of my head. So that like startled me for a second. Then when I get my senses, now I got mayonnaise flowing down my uh, my head. So it was uh, it was a wild thirty seconds. And then the the, the post uh, the post cleanup was uh, was extensive as well. 
Are you a mayonnaise fan in general? You would throw it on a uh, sit? No. <laughs> no. No. Really? I don't, uh, I don't hate it, but I'm I'm definitely like a light mayonnaise guy, if at all. That seemed uh, like heavy mayonnaise, by the way. It seemed like heavy. You know what I mean? That thing almost slipped out yeah. of my hands down there. The um, whenever I've never been a part of a Gatorade bath for anybody, but I've seen a lot of my friends who are pretty strong people go to lift it and like, oh shit, a lot heavier than we thought. And I think that's exactly what happened to the Duke's Mayo delivery squad there. <laughs> I think, oh shit, like we have to hold this up still. You know, like it's not going, yeah. it's not going from yeah. this weight to zero weight. You know, like that is yeah. still in there. Uh, well, but, it's, uh, yeah. there's no doubt. I, I saw them and, and uh, I assume they had been like practicing or this no, wasn't no. the first time they had done it, but <laughs> no, clearly no. it was. So <laughs> Duke, Duke's Mayo, Duke's Mayo and the Duke's Mayo Bowl, they were awesome. But I am thinking about because of the way I got hit a lawsuit where this thing going forward may be the Shane Beamer Duke's Mayo Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that island we saw each other on. Also, the Shane Beamer Dukes Mayo. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little football here. You got a chance to play against North Carolina in Carolina. Uh, obviously, that's a massive win for you guys in recruiting two different conferences. But Mac Brown over there, absolute legend. You've been around, obviously, with your dad, a legend in football. You kind of grew up in this entire thing. With the NIL coming in and with the game changing, like, how do you see the future of college football, especially in your program? You just kind of got to adapt and overcome, or is it the same way it's always been? There's just a different way of doing things. No, I mean, I think you got to adapt and overcome. And, and it's crazy. I was telling somebody the other day, um, when NIL kind of first got started uh, back in, in in June was the first time we were able to have young men on campus. So right before I saw you, uh, we, had, we had just spent an entire month of recruits visiting campus, and very few of them even asked about name, image, and likeness. And then you fast forward to December, and it seems like every conversation I was having with a recruit, they were asking about it. And it, it's part of it. Um, uh, it's a different landscape, and you talk about that. You talk about the transfer portal, and you better figure out. You, you, can, you can sit here and bemoan it and complain about it, or you can say, okay, it, it's here. Hey, we'll get we Spencer Rattler. <laughs> exactly, and you better figure out how to, how to utilize it to your advantage. Have you seen – I know, like, people coming into this, a lot, of the, a lot of older people that weren't a fan of the NIL said, oh, this is going to change dynamics in the locker room. The culture is going to change because you may have a quarterback getting all this money and other people not have you noticed anything like that i haven't and and you know i was concerned about it as well i mean we we um i've talked to basketball coaches and basketball coaches are worried about okay is your is the sixth man is he upset because he's not getting the same deals that the starting five are and things like that you guys know we got 100 players on the football team and i didn't see anything like that i saw our guys kind of supporting each other and i mean shoot our South Carolina is as well positioned as anybody to take advantage of it because we're in a college town. There's no pro sports. We don't, you know, we don't compete against a bunch of other entities. And I'm mean, shoot, our third team quarterback had uh, had deals this summer as well. So I think with our players, it hasn't been a distraction. Uh, they know that winning is the most important thing, and that opens up opportunities for everybody, and it seems like everybody's been supportive of each other. Well, and also, welcome to the real world, too, like a little bit. You know, you are, like, not everybody's worth the exact same. That stinks. We wish, we wish it wasn't the case. Hey, I wish, most importantly, as punter kicker, I wish it wasn't the case. I wish they would have paid me what they paid Andrew fucking luck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, that kind of bullshit. I mean, I walked out there one, I don't know, one one-thousandth of the time, but that is a little bit of an introduction. If anybody, they're all trying to make it to the NFL anyways. 
These are things you're going to have to deal with. I think just having it kind of integrated earlier in your life might be a little tough to handle, but I assume all you coaches will figure it out. Let's talk about the SEC and, you know, being in a college town. And South Carolina has great history, obviously, but the SEC seems to, as of late, as you all know, run through only a couple different places. Right now, Georgia seems to be on a run. You got to play against them earlier. Your team didn't win, but what do you think it is about that Georgia team this year that maybe separated them from uh, the rest of the pack for a good bit of the season? You know, I think just the one, the depth they have on defense. I mean, they just keep coming and coming and coming and coming with guys, especially on the front seven. Uh, I mean, they're just so deep. I remember getting ready to play on Pat, and I'm sitting there watching video of the defensive line, and you think you got a pretty good idea for the top four, five, six, and it's like, crap, like who's – who is this number seven, number eight, number nine? <laughs> out there, like killing people. So they got such great depth. And I spent two years coaching at Georgia before I was at Oklahoma. I was there Kirby's first two seasons. And yeah, they've got great talent, but they do a fantastic job coaching. Like that's the one thing with them that, that I think they showed all year is that you don't, you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get them on something twice. You know, you may get them on something, but they're gonna get it corrected, and you're not gonna get them again. So they do a great job coaching, and they got great depth and and their their size, their speed, their physicality. Uh, I mean, it's really really good. And obviously, they ran into a, a a similar animal in the SEC championship. But looking forward to watching both those teams today and tonight. So what do you think about the, the first game, Cincinnati against Alabama? We know Cincinnati breaks in into the playoffs. Luke Fickle has a great thing going. But it's Alabama. Like, what are we? What are we expecting out of that game? Yeah, I mean, if it's that Alabama team we saw play against uh, Georgia, I mean, that was as good as any team in the country. Uh, you know, Will Anderson. He's he's an elite player up front. You know, I've had guys in the NFL tell me that if he was draft eligible this year, he'd be the first pick in the draft, and it's not even close. And uh, he's such a talented guy, and and their offense has weapons as well. But you know, give Cincinnati some credit. I mean, people forget Cincinnati and Georgia went head-to-head in the Peach Bowl last year and and came down to the very end as well. Uh, So, I mean, Cincinnati's proven it over and over. I mean, that's hard when when, uh, every team is gunning for you week in, week out, like they were for Cincinnati this year to just keep responding. So, give those guys credit. It should be a great game. But, obviously, I'm an SEC homer, so pulling hard (laughs) for the two SEC teams. Hey, yeah, you saved the SEC going in. I don't know if you are aware of that or whatever. Mm-hmm. The SEC was O for forever in bowl yeah. in bowl season until you guys showed up and then you eat that mayonnaise cooler, which you know for the hey, it's different down here. It's different down here. It's different down here. You've been around now, okay? Virginia Tech, obviously, a large portion of your life. I, I would just assume being around there. Then you said you coached at Georgia for a little bit. Now you're at South Carolina. I think the cool thing about that Cincinnati game and Cincinnati team is, you know, they're representing. You know, and, and I was lucky to be a part of a West Virginia team from the Big East that kind of did some damage there. Virginia Tech had some squads in the old days, Big East that could go. So I think it's big for Cincinnati. But whenever you look at who they're playing, much to your point and to AJ's point, Alabama has become just a factory. It's just, it's almost like there's like 65 NFL guys probably on that team right now at some point in their careers. Not all going to be stars, but there's probably 65 guys on that. How do you create that, you think? And is that what you're aiming to do? Is that like a goal or whenever you say this is what South Cackalack is going to be going forward? What, like, what is the mindset? Just how do you kind of create that whole thing? You just got to win, I guess, right? Yeah, you got to win and give them credit. I mean, they do a great job coaching. They do a great job evaluating. You know, I mean, there's a lot of programs that didn't necessarily recruit Will Anderson coming out of high school. And, and he goes to Alabama and, and uh, uh, is thriving. 
uh, and I remember I was at the Nagurski Award event with uh, with Will back in December, and he said he came to me and said, "Hey, make sure you say hello to your defensive line coach for me." And I said, "Well, how do you know him?" He goes, "He was recruiting me when he was at Western Kentucky," and I'm sitting there saying, "What?" Uh, that, that was his first offer, and that's who he was. The teams that ran on him early, and he's a phenomenal player. But it's just that it's winning, but then it's just great recruiting classes over and over and over and over again. And the thing that I would hope to implement, yeah, or be able to take from that is great recruiting classes, but just the competition in that program. You know, you got some places where you're bringing in great players after great player, and some of those guys that are already there, they feel threatened and things like that. Not not those guys. You know, yeah. the guys that are on the Alabama team, they love other recruiting classes, and they're like, let's go, you know, bring it on and keep bringing in these great players. And that's one thing that I love about – their program is, is that mentality and hope we continue to build that here in Columbia with South Carolina. I can't wait to see what you end up doing. Uh, seems like you got everything not figured out, but on the right path. And we talked to Naj, you know, Naj, yeah. Naj <laughs> Harris. And he said the reason why he went to Alabama was so he could compete against people that were better than him and get better. And it's like, Hey, you're going to end up at the NFL. You're going to be the best player you could possibly be because every day you're doing that. Uh, I'm excited to see what you end up doing down there in Columbia, building that same type of culture. Go ahead, Tom. Coach, you guys obviously thrive this year uh, in the underdog role. I mean, you had a GA playing quarterback for four or five games this year in ah. Zeb. Um, now that now that you had you you achieved a lot this year, you bring in Spencer Rattler. You bring in some other guys through the transfer portal. Is it going to still be that same mentality la- as this year, or how is it going to be different next year? No, it's a great point. Uh, I want it to be that same mentality. I mean, I always try and coach with a edge or chip on my shoulder or whatever you want to call it. And and we certainly were able to play that up all season that nobody thought we were worth a crap. And that, you know, the entire all season, that was what our guys heard and nobody thought we were very good. So it'll be at a little bit of a different angle because now there are going to be some expectations for us going into next season with new guys coming in, recruiting class, and then the guys that are returning. So we, I don't want to lose that uh, that mentality, but certainly it'll be a little bit different because now you kind of got to – you can maybe coach them a little bit harder because everybody's telling them how great we're going to be and things like that. But it'll be a big challenge for us. It'll be different. But hopefully we don't get into playing our uh, – have four uh, having four different starting quarterbacks like we did this season. And, and we told Zeb that depending on how he played yesterday in the bowl game, if he played well, because he's going to be a graduate assistant again for us next season. And – we told him if you play well in the game, you get to work with the quarterbacks, and if you don't, you're going to be the offensive line graduate. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to hey, let him go with the quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned Spencer Rattler coming in from Oklahoma. I know he's a hot shot recruit out of high school. How does that whole transfer portal work? Like, how did he get there? Like, how did you initially reach out? Does he reach out? Like, how does that happen? Yeah, so I was at Oklahoma before I came to South Carolina. So I was there with Spencer for two years. I was there his freshman year when Jalen Hurts was our quarterback. And then I was there in 2020 when he was our starting quarterback. Uh, and then we actually added – I was the tight ends coach at Oklahoma. So we, we were recruiting a tight end, Austin Stogner, uh, to, to come to our program. Austin went in the transfer portal. Austin was uh, getting close to announcing that he was coming with us. He and Spencer were close. He and Spencer started talking. I had a relationship with Spencer. Uh, we started talking. Uh, he got to know the people in our program and ultimately found out that this was the place for him and, or decided it was the place for him. You know, so it was a relationship that we had. But then, you know, I tell people all the time, too, is even though he knows me, he's not going to come here if he doesn't feel like he can accomplish everything he wants to accomplish uh, as a player and as a team. And, 
he, uh, he, he felt that about our program, and, and we're excited to be adding him and Austin and then anybody else that we may add uh, to the program going forward. What do you have to do? You just have to save a bunch of scholarships? I don't think I understand fully how it operates. You just got to predict, like, uh, I think we're going to be able to pluck some guys out of the transfer portal, so we got to save, like, 10, 5 for that each year. And Are they trying to adapt to that? Are there new rules? Yeah, I mean, they've allowed you now. The, the, they've changed some things where you can now, you're not capped on the number of people that you can sign in one year. You know, before you weren't allowed to sign more than 25 players per year. Well, now if you lose some to the portal, you can replace up to a certain number of them, which helps as well. But, yeah, essentially, Pat, I mean, that's it. I mean, we, we get 85 scholarships at the Power 5 level. And, um, you know, I think the, probably the biggest thing that's changed is maybe – in the past, if you said, all right, we're going to sign uh, uh, three linebackers in this year's recruiting class, and you start in the high school ranks, that's what we're always going to start. We're always going to start with the high school prospects. But, but if it's you, 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 you're going to sign three, maybe you just sign one from the high school ranks, well, now you say, okay, well, now instead of going to try and find somebody else in high school that maybe we weren't recruiting that maybe quite isn't good enough to play at this level – you just kind of go the transfer, look into the transfer world. But we'll always start with the high school guys. But, yeah, you, you have to be able to just – you got to be able to manage the scholarship numbers because you only get 85. Well, we appreciate you so much stopping by. Uh, incredible end to your 2021. Sounds like you might be the owner of a mayonnaise company. <laughs> uh, I mean, congrats on the win. Congrats on the early success. Can't wait to see what you keep doing, Coach. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Love what y'all do, and, and happy new year to all of you. Thanks for having me on. Happy New Year to you as well. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. Coach Shane Bay. Yeah! Spencer Rattler, big signing. Yeah. Hey, big he, Spencer big, Rattler, he, that dude, he, he has a lot of physical tools. I watched that dude play in high school. He can sling it. So I didn't want to ask him. He was just going to give us the answer that we would expect, and I didn't want to put him in a position to potentially go there. But I almost said, like, hey, a lot of shit with that kid, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, that, that's kind of – Anytime I don't follow college football close enough, especially this past year, because we literally just kind of went all in here on uh, NFL coverage. And then if any other sport happens, we bring somebody in and they tell us what we should know or what we should think. And then we kind of move on. But anytime I turn on a game with that, it was always the way that it was being talked about from the commentators. You know, it was always like he was a Heisman favorite coming into yeah. the season. And yeah. then he ends up he getting benched. Well, then he was getting booed out of Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. And then it was. And then calling for him back. They Like after they boo him, they want him back. back like, and he does right, well. Man, make your decision. Yeah. It's. <laughs> <laughs> what a wild existence that guy had at Oklahoma. I would assume he's pretty happy to go to somebody that he knows with Shane Beamer and maybe be able to turn that around. But it's different down there. That college town in South Carolina, if he doesn't do it there, you're going to get lied down there, which is exactly Well, and same deal. If you're struggling in the Big 12, like, hey, SEC's not easier than the Big 12. You know, like, there's, there's some good teams in the SEC. So, I mean, it'll be good for them. Like, I'm glad that – He's going to play there next year, and hopefully he does do well so they can kind of, you know, be uh, competitive. Big thanks to Coach Beamer for stopping by. we got Herb Street in about five, six minutes to chat about the rest of the college football playoffs and everything else happening. We are in the middle of bowl season, AJ. And let me tell you, last night, Tennessee got screwed. Tennessee got screwed. I saw, hey, I was watching it in my kitchen. I saw, but the volume was off. We, there's people around. And as they, I'm watching this play, I was like, oh, they can, this guy's going to say he blew it dead. Like, he blew this dead, I bet. I didn't even hear it, but I knew what happened. He, he didn't. But I, no, when I saw him run in and start to mark it, I'm like, he's going to say he blew this thing dead, and the guy's knee is not down. He wasn't on the screen. He was not on the screen, and the whistle was not blown by the time the football had already gone in the end zone. He could have very easily, okay, he could have very easily said, you know what? 
This is a fucking goal line play, okay, in a bowl game, all right? Maybe, since the whistle didn't get hit or anything like that, I could just say, for the good of the game, you know, for the good of football, this is a fucking touch. No offense to Purdue, okay? I love for we 6,000-seat theater we did right. in, oh, yeah. in Westland. I love <laughs> the Boilermakers, okay? I love Braum. Do, do I have... <laughs> A heartbeat in my body. <laughs> Whatever he said in the XFL about him almost dying and then uh -huh. coming back to play. I mean, I respect and appreciate that. But this whole rules and officials thing, very fast. Because that was clearly a touchdown, I thought. And then obviously those who hate Tennessee said, well, no, as soon as he says forward progress is over. What, in his head? Like, yeah. in his head he said that? And then now I'm sticking fucking by it, that guy. I don't care what anybody says. And that coach going, oh, what the Fuck! <laughs> yeah. I, I absolutely love it. Uh, Purdue gets a big win. That kicker bombed that 39-yarder to win mm -hmm. that thing. I mean, that was a beautiful kick. Uh, but what a wild bowl season we've had, AJ. Yeah, it has. And I think today it's going to get exciting, too, with the playoffs happening. Like, I, I guess I, I know the Michigan-Georgia game, maybe at least we haven't talked about it as much. I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by that as well. Yeah, I would like to say that I know – Anybody's name playing in any of these games. <laughs> okay, I know Desmond Ritter. Yep. Desmond Ritter, right. this guy mm -hmm. is a superstar. Uh -huh. I've seen Tim when he was a freshman. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I, I got a chance to meet this guy. He's Luke Fickle. Saw him do an interview with Herb Street. He'll be joining us in a few days. He did mention his losses in wrestling and from high school, by the way. Herb Street knew. I saw, I saw it. Yeah, Herb Street knows the same thing you do. Like The only thing Luke Fickle has regret about is his losses in wrestling in high school. <laughs> by the way, sick mullet on Fickle in high school yep. whenever he was wrestling. Okay. And Herb, yeah. Herb Street said, do you remember who you lost to? And he, three guys he lost to. And then he, uh, in his entire career, I think, as a wrestler. And then Herb Street says, do you remember who you beat for like your three state championships? Uh, no. So Luke Fickle, I think that mentality mm -hmm. probably echoes through the entire Bearcat squad. They know that they are ready for this position, it feels like. They know that they've been in a type of game like this before with Georgia. I am very excited for that game. And now, what you're saying, the game Georgia-Michigan, I mean, the over, I assume it's going to go under. The only people I know that play on these two teams in, yeah. in Georgia and Michigan Good are defense. incredible defensive players. What's the, what's the number? 44, I believe. Let me check. Let me make sure. Uh, yeah, I said that yesterday. Like These two defenses are dominant. Wow. And their offense is like Michigan loves to run the ball. Fucking Georgia's not going to let you run the ball. That, Beamer said they're eight, nine deep on the yeah, D. Like, yeah. did you hear that, AJ? Imagine that in college. Like, all right, I'm trying to put together a package for the the start four. Maybe they got a swing guy. Most teams probably only have two, by the way, in yeah. college, or or maybe one guy and like three other guys. Are gonna, like, seven, eight deep. <laughs> <laughs> These fucking guys. Yeah, it's forty five and a half. And the other game, Cincy and Bama, is fifty seven. I mean, there's a boost right now for Alabama to win and for that to go over fifty seven and a half or something like that on, on Fanduel it's, right now. Uh, uh, Alabama to win and over 57 plus 180. From, not, so from, I immediately thought from looking, oh, there's no way it goes over because all their boosts have been hitting lately. <laughs> yeah, they have. So yeah, all of FanDuel's boosts have been hitting lately, and I know FanDuel has to be thinking, all right, let's stop. All right, all right we're not giving these. Yeah, scale is back. Uh, we got a fucking – I mean, the, the boost that they're just putting up on their own and then shoving in your face immediately upon going on there. I think if you've been betting on those like the last, I don't know, maybe month and a half. Mm -hmm. Very profitable. You're yeah. fucking way up. Yep. Yeah. And I wonder if the FanDuel people are in the back. All right, this is a problem. <laughs> these are the boosts. <laughs> Who's deciding to shove these in all of our users' faces? Because they're hitting at 70 fucking percent. <laughs> the boosts that 
FanDuel is putting out maybe the greatest gambler ever. I don't know who the fuck is deciding. Yeah. In, uh, you know, in the give and take between us and FanDuel to decide what the boosts are and what the, the boosts aren't each week. You know, we'll, we'll pitch something and they'll return it. I almost want to just be like, hey, why don't you guys, whatever boosts you guys are uh, kind of cooking up, maybe a little information from you guys. <laughs> Fuck off, Pat. All right, we're already losing enough by ourselves. But that felt like that's going to go under. This one, yeah. this one's a get right game for yes, FanDuel. This is I'm their thinking. get back game. So now we're playing, okay, you're not only playing the book, you're also <laughs> thinking yeah. about, you know, FanDuel as a business as a whole. There's no way they're going to let these boosts hit. So what does that tell us? Okay, Alabama might win, but that 57 and a half, that feels like that is not going to be touched. No, it seems like that game is going to go one. Like, I, I can't see Bama and Sin. I mean, they maybe they do. I can't see them getting in a shootout. Like, either <laughs> Alabama is going to steamroll them or if since he's competitive they're it's gonna have a, because it's, of their defense yeah exactly it's gonna be low scoring and like you know they'll take them right down to the end of it but i i, I just can't see that their offense is going back and forth scoring a bunch of touchdowns like purdue tennessee last night i mean what a shootout that became in the fourth quarter then into overtime bowl season has been electrifying there's a man who is the voice of college football a handsome ohioan Ladies and gentlemen, friend of the show, calling the big game tonight from Donner, Miami. Okay. Kirk Herbstreit. Yeah! yeah! What's up, dude? What's up? Whoa! Whoa! Hey, fuck off, Bear. Hey, he, uh, <laughs> hey yeah, 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 Bear. Yeah. In that holiday bowl. Okay, oh. <laughs> all right, all right, get off. I saw Bear on ESPN the other day, Herbie. Okay, Bear, sitting on yep. that screen, so happy. And what is your best bet of all bowl season? He's like, Minnesota over West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Hey, Minnesota over West Virginia. This is the biggest <laughs> layup of all time. Hey, yeah. He said he sent him a picture and just said F off. Yes. I said, I told him, it was on the screen. I'm like, oh, Bear's on. This is beautiful. Let me listen to what he has to say. And then, okay. Go to hell, Bear. Jesus. But I appreciate you guys joining us. Hey, who, won that, who won that game, though? I mean, the skydivers that brought the balls in where the rain yeah. came through the ceiling. Did you did you hear about this? I don't know. You obviously, you're the voice of college football. No. So, so that field has a dome. You know, it's a baseball field, has a dome in Arizona. But they had to open the dome to get the skydivers in with the ball. And uh, in Phoenix, it's been raining for like two weeks. And obviously, if it's a dome field and it's grass, it doesn't have proper drainage because, hey, we have a roof. So the West Virginia boys were running in uh, quicksand. The West Virginia boys couldn't even move. We were set up. We were rigged. But I appreciate you two for your incredible coverage of college football this year. Oh, yeah. Boys. Fair. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. How you guys, what are you guys betting today? I heard you guys talking about Alabama and, and Cincinnati. You got Michigan. Michigan, uh, Georgia is a tough one. That's a tough one, man. You can talk yourself in either way on that game. Okay, so let's get into it. You're the person that we need to talk to because we haven't followed it anywhere near as closely as you has. I have. Cincinnati, Alabama. I feel like every year we get to a point where we start believing, okay, that a team has a chance. Okay, we start believing, okay, every year there's some blowout, but every year there's a conversation like, hey, this team's going to do it, this team's going to do it. I am all in on Cincinnati. Should I not be? What, like, I, I love that team. I think they're mature enough. Don't you think, Kirk? Don't you think they're, like, ready for the moment? I think that's the difference. You know, it's not just group of five against Alabama. It's, it's, it's a case-by-case -case basis to me. And Cincinnati's a team, you've called some of their games. I mean, you've been around them. And probably, in fact, called some of these players' games early in their career. 
think about that. I mean, they've been around, most of these guys, for three years with Luke Fickle. A.J. knows Luke Fickle better than anybody. He played for the guy. He knows how he's wired. I, I would just, I'd be careful. I'm not saying Cincinnati's going to win the game. I think, because of my respect for Luke, 30 days for him to come up with a defensive scheme on an Alabama offensive line that has had issues all year, oh. with the exception Georgia. of the Georgia game. That was the only time they played well and protected Bryce Young. Every other game, turn on any film, Texas A&M, LSU, Arkansas, they've had busts up front. Bryce Young's been a magician back there like Houdini making plays, scrambling. Will that trend continue? That would be a concern if I'm Alabama. John Mechie's out of this game. If I'm Luke, I'm putting three guys on Jamison Williams. Make anybody beat me except number one. Number one is not winning the game today. If you want to throw to Billingsley, the tight end, fine. You want to throw to Bolton, the slot receiver, fine. You want to throw to one of these other receivers. Robinson out of the backfield. Yeah, Robinson, anybody. But Jamison Williams is not beating me. It's got to be Luke's feeling. I was with him just a couple weeks ago talking to him about it. He's like, when we look at film, nobody's putting hands on Jamison Williams. Nobody's rerouting him. Everybody's afraid in the SEC, and they're 8 to 10 yards off the ball because he's got ridiculous speed, and he's powerful. He goes right by you. So a lot of people giving him cushion. When you give cushion, AJ tell you it allows him to get up to 21, 22 miles an hour by the time he's stemming his route. And a safety has no or a corner has no chance. So I think he's going to say to hell with it. Sauce Gardner, uh, Bryant, we're going to put hands on these on these receivers, especially on Jamison, and put a safety over the top. Make that quarterback have to hold the ball, and then they got guys that can get to him. So I don't know, man. I I think it's a veteran team. I don't think they win it, but I think it's going to be much more competitive than 13 and a half. 14 now. Well, wow, 14. Right. Let, the, let the king of this stuff say what he thinks. It's funny because I think Vegas, Vegas, I think, is making people play an Alabama tag. I was talking to somebody out there, a couple of odds makers, and they actually game like 10 and a half, 11, 12, like lower than what it was. I think the books are pretty comfortable going into this game. game. Knowing that they're going to need Cincinnati, that everybody's going to be on Alabama. So, I, 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 Bear, Bear, how was your year? How are we doing? We winning? We losing? How was exactly five hundred headed into the, uh, the final couple of weeks of the twenty three, twenty three, and one or something. Yeah, it's yeah. not bad, hey, Bear. <laughs> Happy Minnesota and West Virginia could help you out here. Gumpy will appreciate this. I wanted to put Rother and. Uh, bolted on the board as well for uh, for tomorrow. Right. Bear, nobody knows who that. We don't talk science, man. That's a good bet, Bear. What that's is good that, bet, Bear. Harvey? What the hell is that? Love what? that, Bear. What sport is that? Is that cricket? It's English soccer. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was highlight. That's where Bear. That's where Bear started his gambling run. League one is off the, uh, the, the league one. My ass. <laughs> Uh, go ahead, AJ. Hey, Kirk. What about tonight? You you have the the Michigan Georgia game. Like, what what's different about Michigan this year? Like, what have they changed to where they, they they're in? You know, they have a chance now. I mean, you 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 know, you've seen them all year, AJ, and and really these last since Jim's been there. I mean, they've came they've come close to being, you know, where they are today. But they made seven changes on their staff, defensive staff, and and across the board on their coaching staff. I I just feel like they've got a, a kind of a bring-it-on type of attitude that they've not had in the past. 
I mean, they kind of had a fake. Remember when Winovich was there and it's like payback tour, all that bullshit that ended up backfiring on him. This like feels real to me. This feels like they are completely bought in on what Jim Harbaugh and Josh Gaddis are doing. They found an identity on offense. This Kate McNamara, you know, you could take a poll with your folks that watch your show. I don't, I don't know how many people could name the Michigan quarterback, and if you can, what are his strengths? I mean, he's just been kind of a guy that's been efficient and, and not making mistakes. Great compliment to how they run the football with that offensive line and Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum. Can they run tonight, though, Kirk? Can they run on Georgia? Hey, Beamer just told us Georgia's eight deep at that D-liner, nine deep at that D-liner. So. They're freaks. I mean, they, they've got <laughs> – it talks about 99, but 88 and 44 and 7. I mean, that, that 95 might be the best one up there. He's maybe a late first-rounder. They're, they're, they're ridiculous, but – Michigan's not going to come into this game and play in a phone booth. Michigan's – Jim Harbaugh's a smart guy. They're they not can't gonna, go run one. They're not going <laughs> to run inside. They, they will throw the ball out on the perimeter. They'll run jet sweep. They'll run reverses. Then they'll get back. Once they get the linebackers and safeties thinking about all this stuff, that these wrinkles that they do, then they can get back to trying to win the line of scrimmage. But they're not going to come in here and just be like, we're from the Big Ten. We're going to run the ball. That's the – Last thing I would expect them to do. I think it's going to be gadget plays, play action on first and 10, make those fast linebackers have to be hesitant. AJ, I'd ask you, again, when you play a Michigan team that's known for running the ball 60% of the time, your ears are back, you're coming downhill, and they start making you pay for that early in a game with play action on first and 10, break some tendencies. What does that do to you as a linebacker? When you when all of a sudden you came into this game, they're going to run the ball, they're physical. And all of a sudden, they're not. What does that do to you as a linebacker after 30 days of hearing this team's physical? What 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 happens to you? They can slow guys down. I think get some thinking, get some like, okay, well, I'm not exactly sure what the plan is, what we're doing, and then ultimately the offense wants the defense to start fighting and pointing fingers at each other and you know jumping <laughs> yeah. out of gaps, and all of a sudden you're down 14 nothing. And, and AJ, explain to people like just a a beat of head, a beat of just oh wait, is it the jet sweep? Oh wait, is it play action? And actually, they're still running power. Like, what that can do when it comes to trying to defend the run. Now I'm worried about, oh, jet sweep, my eyes are on that, or play action. And now just a, a second of a hesitation. Now you you play to the mercy of the offensive line, right? Now they're coming up to that second level, and they're getting a hat on you, and you're screwed. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, makes you, it turns you out. You kind of like soft because you're not playing the run, like super physical because you're worried about the gadgets and the pass plays and – yeah, it's not uh, it's not fun. So that's why I think the, both these games are very intriguing for many different reasons. Herbie, Herbie, it sounds like you're thinking though. In in I don't want to stop here. I just want to continue this conversation because college coaches I don't think get a lot of credit for being like super strategery, right? I, I, like NFL football is high football IQ. You gotta everybody on the field has to know shit. This is full time job here. We're all men, adults here. In college, it feels there's like a lot of basic stuff. But once you get into these playoffs, like Sark's offense, right? I mean, Sark's offense was motions and reads and everything. Is there only a few guys that can coach that way, or only a few teams that are really are second level, or is this kind of becoming the norm with the more football knowledge everybody has? No, I think I think in the past, like when AJ played, I think there was a very separate game. There was the NFL. And then the college would try to filter down, and the college guys would try to run some of the NFL. But ever since guys like Bill Belichick and others started to implement some of the college stuff, I think it's a little bit more 
in common to see a game on Saturday, like when Cliff Kingsbury went from being a 500 coach in the Big 12 to all of a sudden he goes to Arizona and he's winning games in the NFL. Oh, more and more college guys go to call plays in the NFL and then they would come back. I think you're, you know, it's not the Urban Meyer guy, the, the high profile name, but there are a lot of guys that call plays in the NFL and call in college. And like Mike McDonald's, the defense coordinator at, at Michigan now, he's with the Ravens the last five years as a linebacker coach. It's fun to talk to him about, you know how it is in these production meetings, it's just fun to talk to him about strategy and the NFL and college. He's pulling his hair out, you know, dealing with offensive uh, schemes because they vary so much from one week to the next. So, I, you know what, Pat, I don't think it's that. It's not like playoff level while wow, these guys are really XOing it up. I think when you get into these uh, these top 25 programs, people would be blown away by what these quarterbacks are being asked to do, uh, what these schemes now do, what the defenses are doing. Very, very, uh, I would say the growth in the last seven to ten years is at a very different level. It used to just be seven to ten. Now I think it's more like the whole top 25 is, is doing this kind of thing. That's By the way, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I just Michigan's going to win this game hands down. I'm just trying to say yeah. this, team, this team is better offensively than maybe they're giving credit. Let's not forget with Georgia. We held Georgia on a pedestal for 12 weeks. And then they got their pants pulled down by Alabama. I mean, they got they got blown out in that second half. They were embarrassed. Their mindset when they come into this game, and can that secondary that got exposed against Bryce Young, how are they going to play in this game? That's a weakness of theirs. That's the secondary and coverage is a weakness. How are they going to play? How Stetson Bennett? Imagine being this guy. He's still being questioned after all this. Is he the right guy? If you took a poll with Georgia fans right now in your show. Said is Stetson Bender to the JT Daniels is the guy. It's like 50-50. And so if he throws a pick after the way he played against Bama, there's gonna be boos coming down. There are gonna be people yelling to put JT Daniels in a game. And they're in the semifinal. So how does he play? How do they put him in a position to be able to play well against Aiden Hutchison and this Michigan defense that's been outstanding all year? Uh, I love the kid. I love Stetson Bennett. I love their offense. They got a tight end that's already ready for the NFL, a true freshman out of Napa, California. Check him out tonight, number 19, Brock Bowers. He's a freak. Um, you know, he'll, you'll be talking about him in the NFL soon. But uh, I, I think it's literally who's got the momentum. I was just talking to Kirby Smart right before I came on with you, and I was talking about it's hot as hell down here. I was dying on game day. I was like, how big of a factor is that in this game? And he goes, big factor you take four weeks off you try to do your best of managing what's working you know as far as conditioning and and hitting but whose legs give out in the second half well you would hey you would think georgia would be favored there because they're around (laughs) it and michigan's in the freezing cold like in the nfl those florida teams know like hey late in the season the thin cold air is much different than this thick hot shit that people are going to have to deal with. We both have to deal with, but bodies are conditioned very differently. It feels like an advantage to Georgia because Georgia can be hot as hell, but you know, he's Mich- Michigan's got a lot of money. They've probably been pumping in heat there the last month in those facilities. That's exactly what they did. I mean, but there's a difference between beating your door, big door and you're cranking. And you're, you know, Georgia, where it's been unseasonably warm, as we all know, the last like three, two or three weeks in the, in the South. And so you're right. I think that is a big advantage uh, for Georgia when it comes to that. So, Ty, we'll see. Kirk, obviously very excited for both games uh, tonight, but I do want to look ahead. Who do you like in the VRBO <laughs> Citrus Bowl tomorrow between the Hawks 
and Kentucky, and should I care at all about that game? I'm very excited. Hell yeah, you should care. Absolutely. I mean, are you yeah. kidding me? Hey, that a boy, Bear! That a boy. You know what? Here's the expert on this one. I, I like Iowa in this game. Well, I, I have I, to. Mark is probably going to be pissed at me when I see him at the Derby, but oh. what, what's Kentucky's problem all year long is turning the ball over, and there isn't a team out there that has better turnover luck than, than Iowa, and the way that Kirk Ferentz's team got absolutely embarrassed by Michigan in the Big Ten championship game, they're absolutely going to come out and play a hell of a lot better. And they always take these SEC bowl game seriously because they hear about how they're slow and they can't play and can't win. But I, I like Iowa tomorrow. Yeah, Kirk's, dog, Kirk's dogs will be ready to go. But, Bear, do you know who's starting? Because if Spencer Petras is playing quarterback, I don't know if, you know, three points is going to get it done. <laughs> well, Goodson's the only one that opted out, right? I mean, yeah. but, but they can running back. That's the way... That's the way that goes, but I don't know. Petrus and Perdia, does it really, honestly, does it really matter? I think it more comes down to their defense just being able to get field position. And Tory Taylor. Tory Taylor, thank you. Go ahead, Kurt. Turns out the SEC's one in five right now in bowl games. I don't know if you guys saw that. Well, that's because SECSPN, you know, you guys, <laughs> you guys, you know, the way you cover college football, you, you. You in specific, I bet you that's what your Twitter account looks like. Yeah, that has been crazy. Beamer saved the SEC yesterday, then ate a cooler. I mean, shout out to him. Tonight could about, be a- Did you ask him about going after that guy? I mean, what, what, what did he say about that? He went he, he went into attack mode. No, after- it was with kindness, though. You know, the way he oh, worked. Yeah. It was uh-huh. really, yeah, the way he worked. Praying for you. I'll be praying for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you got to do. You got to soften those up, Herbie. I had one the other day. I had to soften it up like seven, eight times, you know, because you know what's going to happen. This thing's got like 6,000 retweets oh, yeah. at this point. Coach Beamer is a viral Twitter sensation. Yeah. I think he should go on the attack more, but it is something that happens, and it happens in all sports. A lot of people thought that team was going to stink. They got good. Is that the story? Um, if you look back, not on the, not on the uh, the college football or not on like whatever you want. you look back on twenty twenty one. What do you think is your biggest takeaway? And I, I didn't want to I didn't want to lead you into like the upsets that have been happening in college football in the NFL. I didn't want to lead it, and I was kind of doing that there for a second. But whenever you look back on twenty twenty one, what do you think is your biggest takeaway, Herbie? Well, I think I got to start first with what what we endured in twenty twenty. You know, going around to these stadiums where they were empty and so bizarre you know we all got through it and and there were bigger these stadiums but just as from my job standpoint to do game day without any fans to do a stadium you know i did an nfl game giant steelers not one soul in the stadium and that carried on throughout the entire year so to do games like that i've never looked forward to a season more than 2021 just getting back to what at that time felt normal again and we started in charlotte with georgia and clemson and it was it was, I don't know, 10,000 people around the set, and it was absolute pandemonium. And it was like, holy shit, like, man, did we miss this this juice, you know, this energy from the crowd. And it just, all year, that one week after the next, just seeing full stadiums, seeing tailgating, just seeing people back out, man. It, it, it was just so nice to, to have that aspect of the sport back. Because in this sport, and I know it's a big deal in the NFL, but man, as you guys know, college football, the passion and the energy and the fans and the tailgating and the sense of community, whether you're in Morgantown or Columbus or Austin or Iowa City or wherever you are, that's what makes college football college football for me. 
And to have that back this year, uh, despite, you know, for whatever reason on social media, people are just constantly spinning negative bullshit out there. And yet the it's almost like that's a fantasy world. And when you're out here among the fans and out here among these stadiums, people are just having the time of their lives. These players are having a time of their lives. And so I, I'm just going to remember 21 for the, the fans of college football getting back and these players having a chance to play in front of these incredible atmospheres. That, that's probably what stands out. Thank you, fans. Thank, Thank you, fans. fans. Welcome back, fans. Go ahead, AJ. That was awesome, Kirk. Hey, Kirk, you mentioned that, that NFL game. How'd you, how'd you like calling an NFL game? How different was it? And what's the, uh, what's the future hold? Like, I think you could – you already work 75 games a year. Why don't you add a few NFL ones? Don't you have one coming up, right? You have one coming yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, they got to wait, I guess, till Monday's uh, the results of the weekend. We're doing a game Saturday. I, I don't know where it is or what, what we're doing. And we got the national championship on Monday. So I have no idea uh, what's happening. I'm looking forward to whoever we're calling. Uh, Laura and I will be doing a game uh, with Laura Rutledge. I think the Monday night guys are doing the other game. Uh, it's a doubleheader on ESPN ABC. I, I don't know, AJ. I mean, I, I, I had a lot more fun than I thought I would with that game. I, I was a little bit surprised. Um, I, I'm a passionate football guy. And... I've always loved the NFL. Always enjoyed, you know, watching more of the individual players that I covered. Uh, guys like yourself, you know, watching you go on to do your thing. What are you saying, dude? <laughs> you coming to the men's league, dude? Come to the men's league. I would, I would, I would like to, you know, I, I have two years left in my contract, and then from there, I'll, I'll just kind of see what's in play. But uh, by then, maybe Pat will be working on college game day full time, and we'll have a tough decision to make. Ooh! Oh, that was an interesting. Hey, that speaking of speaking of, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony has a question for you, Herbie. Yeah, I got to <laughs> Kirk, you talked about the uh, the Cincinnati defense doubling and triple triple in Jameson Williams. Do they have to with those corners? Are those corners as good as everyone says they are? Dude, there isn't a corner alive. In the, in the in the sport, not in college football, in the sport, that can handle this kid. This, this kid, I'm telling I mean, he was at Ohio State. A.J. knows. He, he was more of a take-the-top-off-the-defense type of, uh, of uh, receiver. He has grown. He's got an attitude of, like, once to the world, how good he is, and he's done that. So I would not encourage Cincinnati as good <laughs> – they have the best tandem of corners, Bryant and Gardner, in the country. And I know they're a group of five, but that's just a reality. But I would not – you might mix in here and there, but I would not just say, okay, Sauce Gardner, you're a first-rounder. You got Jamison today. Would not do that. It will not end well. <laughs> I would definitely keep safety more often than not over the top, no matter where he is. I would try to have two guys. I would try to leverage him, kind of bracket him in some way. Because that guy is, he's powerful and he's fast and he wants to humiliate you. He's just got all, wait till he goes to the NFL. I mean, people are going to fall in love with that guy. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey's going to love hearing you say there isn't somebody <laughs> in this. Well, I, I, would, I would love one-on-one. -on -one. That would be a great matchup. Okay. I, well, we probably don't see it from what it sounds like. I mean, I, yeah. you're probably going to see it at some point from what it sounds like. Go ahead, Nick. 
Kirk, can you tell us a little bit about Kenny Pickett? Because Pitt's a program that doesn't get a lot of eyeballs on typically, but he has this great year. He breaks Marino's record that's uh, uh, three decades old. What is it about his game that translates to the next level, and, and can he be a guy in the men's league? Well, when I talk to NFL people that have success with quarterbacks, and everybody wants to talk about arm talent, they want to talk about athletic ability, they want to talk about ability to process, the one thing that a lot of guys go back to is reps, repetitions, whether it's high school reps, college reps, whatever it is, is how many times have you had a chance to be under center and read coverage and have to do it, you know, after. and that's the best thing that Kenny Pickett has going for him is that he is going to be a guy that's going to come in. He's seasoned. He's played a lot of football. He's been in an NFL kind of system with Mark Whipple, who's been around the NFL in the college game. And so I think that's probably, I mean, he's got everything you're looking for. He, he does, you know, when Mac Jones came out with all these other quarterbacks last year and they asked me after I did that QB 21, which one did I like the best? Is it Trevor? You know, is it the, the, the kid out of BYU? Is it uh, Wilson yeah, Zach Wilson? Guys, I, I like Mac Jones and it had everything to do with when we sat down with him. When I got on the film room, he just, was, he knew everything. He was, he was like a computer. And I think Pickett has some of those uh, abilities be able to recognize coverage and have answers and get the ball out of his hands. So I don't know if any quarterback this year in the draft is going to wow people the way they did last year, but I, I like Pickett. I like the fact he came here and he's played a ton of football. <laughs> is that a fucking goat behind you? Yeah, right it is. <laughs> oh, my God, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Lee! Lee, oh, my, legend! How are you, yeah. sir? That's 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 AJ Hawk right there. Yeah, and that's crazy Pat McAfee right over there. You should be on a show. We're on his show right now. We're yeah. live. We're on his show. Yeah, yeah. Lee, welcome to the show, Lee. Let's go. <laughs> hold on, hold on. He, he said, "Do we get paid for this or what?" <laughs> Coach, you're a legend. Thank you for everything you've done for college football. Absolute icon, sir. Enjoy the playoffs and enjoy everything, man. I remember you, you jumped in the water in Baylor. <laughs> that, is, that is right. Jumped that is, that is, yeah. in the water. Yeah. He's a crazy son of a bitch. we'll let you get back to the games. Uh, Lee, thank That was awesome, by the way. What an icon that guy is. He was oh. always very nice to me, by the way, which was. Hey, hey, by the way, he just, I didn't even know he's in here. He just tipped, he's eating his sandwich. <laughs> Uh, he's the man. You guys have an incredible couple days here. Enjoy yourself. We can't wait to watch you tonight. You're so good uh, on games. Can't wait to see you in the NFL full time as well, Kirk. <laughs> and we can't wait to see you join us on the game day. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Do we do what I need to go out of the game? Yeah. Oh, he, 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 well, you know, he just got paid. He just got paid serious money. <laughs> He'll send you a check. He'll send you a check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll send. <laughs> coach, coach, this is real. Coach, it was yeah. fake. It was a fake two weeks ago. This is real now, ladies and gentlemen. Kirk Herbstreit. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All right, let's talk about a little NFL, shall we, AJ? Yeah, let's do it. I almost forgot the NFL was going on. Well, it's hard to get lost in this bowl bonanza. It's hard not to get lost in this bowl bonanza, especially whenever teams are getting screwed, whenever, <laughs> you know, big games are being had, CTEs being delivered. There was two face masks earlier. There was two face masks going to play. Hey, I saw a kid almost die today. At the, yeah. uh, I've actually been a champion of the bowl game in which a person almost died. The tax slayer, 
Gator Bowl almost had a head slayer uh, participant in two face masks. Okay, back to back. Wake Forest, one punch to the head of a, a Rutgers guy who was Wham. playing quarterback. One, one, a little bit of a head turn there on that one. He regains, and I'm a tough guy. Good football, good grit. He's a Shiano man. Then he runs a little bit more, and a Wake Forest teammate said, you're supposed to go down with the first face mask. <laughs> Actually grabs that thing, turns that son bitch sideways. Do you know how bad that would hurt? I, like, uh. As somebody who, and I didn't grow up playing football, obviously, my entire life, but I played a lot of football. Uh, not, as, not as much as many, like AJ, but others. There wasn't a point, and maybe it's because I'm soft, where I didn't, putting that thing on was always like a here we fucking go. You know, like, all right, and it's squeezing, it's not comfortable. You never love it. They tried to adapt helmets, and helmets got uncomfortable and super comfortable, but they look terrible. Could you imagine, has that ever happened to you, and have you ever done that to somebody? That thing turning sideways on the field would hurt so bad. And then a guy landed on his head. So he, he had the helmet sideways. And then a third wake player landed on his head. Almost saw a guy die. I think we almost saw a guy die out there, AJ. Yeah, maybe. I, that actually has never happened to me in a game, but it definitely has happened in practice where a guy grabs it, turns it sideways. But my helmet was always so loose when they grabbed it, it would just, they would just take it right off. So. Oh, so you're saying if you don't, don't strap your helmet on that tight, Whenever somebody comes to grab the bottle top, it'll just take off as opposed to turn. I mean, this dude. Yeah, mine would be way gone by that point. Yeah. Way, way gone. This guy never had a concussion. He never wore a mouthpiece, didn't strap his helmet on. What the hell? I mean, maybe this guy's got it right. Yeah. You take the helmet off, they won't hit you. Yeah. You know what I mean? If the helmet no, but when I played, you, your helmet comes off, you're still playing. Like, they didn't blow it dead. No concussions. So that's why – is that why your face is the way it is? Because when your helmet would easily get ripped off because you didn't strap it on, you would just barrel your face into people? Is that how you played? No, I did not want to do is that. that what is that what made that face? Yeah. Is that why the jawline is so great? Because there was a percentage of plays every single game in which your helmet was ripped off because it wasn't strapped on. And you, hey, you only know football one way. What was that James Harrison told you? Debo said, right here, right, AJ? And you're like, yeah, right for the Adams apples. See you? Is that why your face is the way it is, AJ? Is that what I mean? It may be, yeah, it may have something to do with that. I never thought about that. How many helmetless tackles have you made do you remember any big time no not many no i mean i was it, there was a many. couple of years there where the nfl started sending letters to to the locker room saying like i know one of them said our the equipment manager red who's a legend there he was getting worried because they were trying to put it on him like he wasn't giving me the right equipment i was like no red I'll, i told him it's me but they uh <laughs> they said like oh we've <laughs> they no i almost got fined for it because my helmet kept coming off just because of how i like to wear it and if you're sweaty all that stuff they said one one video. Yeah, I remember that one. Zeno. <laughs> oh yeah. Zeno, where am I? No, nah. it's going to break too, isn't it? Yeah, they, that, that was the highlight. Yeah, this was back whenever they could have aired, like somebody literally killing somebody. A deep cleat. That was normally what went into uh, the the break. But right here on Thanksgiving, you know, how do you not have AJ Hawk helmetless uh, with a guy laying on his face there? I mean, did you make his play? Yeah. I forget. I mean, I got in on it, and then something happened. Maybe hands to the face. They started knocking my helmet off, and I was like twisting around. But yeah, I have no idea. So AJ, when you say you, uh, you can take us all. I mean, Sounds like memory like, loss. But whenever you, um, yeah, it does. Yeah, going out there yeah, blacking out probably because he's tackling people with no helmet. <laughs> so you just, what do you mean with the way it was sweaty and the way you like to wear it? You're just putting on like a baseball. That's hat? why my nose has been blasted my whole life because I always wore my helmet really low, and then I liked it loose too because I want to be able to talk and feel comfortable and. 
So yeah, it would just it would blast my nose all the time. So you were trying to play football helmetless? No, I was never trying to. It just became a thing eventually. <laughs> I, mean, I fixed. I tightened it up a little bit though. I get the, the league sent a letter saying like we've we've checked the footage and your helmets come off eight times this year. And when we added up the rest of the NFL combined, they've only had four helmet losses on all the teams combined or something. This is egregious. If you don't do something, I think they're going to find me. So hey. I think you need to get yourself, you know, <laughs> you need to think about getting yourself, you know, one of these. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? It sounds what like this? you are, huh? What's the little baby belt for? Well, belts hold Come up on. your pants. This is a Come fucking on, dude. title. Come dude, on. you ever heard of it? Little baby yeah, I, never, I didn't know that was coming, but yeah, continue. This little baby title. Well, you, you alley-oop me. I think you need one of these for being the best no-helmet tackler mm-hmm. in the helmet era of the no. NFL in the history. Yeah. I, I think that is something that is well-deserved. We'll send you one of these. Hey, by the way, you've earned yourself one of these. <laughs> <laughs> you boys got one of these? Huh? No, you, I ain't got one of them. You got one of these? That's what I thought. You know what I mean? Where'd that come, where did it come from? Huh? You pulled it out of somewhere. Where was that? Well, the thing about these baby titles, you know what I mean? You could just literally... This thing's been sitting right here all, all time. <laughs> <laughs> What's this for? Huh? Like, what is it for? For when something good happens, like you tackling people with no helmet, and so much so that Roger Goodell said, fucking guy, put a helmet on a little bit tighter. Everybody else has none. You have eight, two games into the season. Can you please put, whenever you something sweet like that happens, you say, hey, you know what? You deserve a little baby tiger. You're right. <laughs> can't wait. To, can't wait to get one of those and carry it around in my back pocket for moments like this. Well, I'm certain I'm going to send this to you. You know, I'll remember as soon as we get oh, out of yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 100%. So, anyway, so let's get back to the program. Um, we need to go through a couple storylines that need to be covered in 2021 because they are going to be carried into 2022 and beyond. Mm-hmm. Okay. COVID. Mm-hmm. Still happening? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. For Will now. it happen tomorrow? Probably. Yeah. Son of a bitch. So it is going to be a part of 2022. Yeah. I think so. What if it just stops tonight? Like, you remember whenever, uh, <laughs> when 1999 was going to become 2000? Y2K. And everybody needs to understand the world's ending. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. December 31st, 1999. You're going to literally party like it's 1999. A lot of songs. A lot of songs. A lot of. That was the only, my only question, though. What, what time zone does the Earth end on? Well, so Australia dies first. They, they, that was, yeah. they were into the 2K of the Y uh, long before anybody else. Mm-hmm. So once we found out that they survived, it did not stray anybody else, though. Everybody mm-hmm. else was like, no, no, I've been building up for this for 20 years. Okay, I, am, <laughs> I understand that uh, stats and analytics from the other side of the world in which they are on the new 0 for the computers, they survived just fine. But I don't want to hear that, okay, because this thing might really blow up. I feel like what was supposed to happen then with the computers, what everybody was scared about, where they were all just going to shut down mm-hmm. because the zero 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 now on the computers and the world was starting to be run by computers. They would, By the way, I wish... You know, this thing was just a little baby time machine so I could hop back in there mm. and go back and tell them what technology and computers are going to become. Because yeah. back then they thought the world would shut, out, uh, shut down as the computer stopped. Imagine now what would happen cool. if the computer stopped. But how the computers were supposed to stop then? What if COVID has some code in it? You know, that once it goes yeah. 2022 on everybody's clock, it's just leaving. It's done forever. Well, the main difference, I think, is uh, the Y2K was a bug. COVID is a virus. Awesome. Uh, Viruses from, from a evolve bat, from a bat. and mutate. Maybe. Bugs, you just stomp them out. Maybe from a lab. From a bat? Really? Is it? Where did it come from? 
Well, we'll find that out in 2095. <laughs> okay, I don't let, think we will. I, I think, okay. Not, today's not today. Today's a feel-good day. Feel-good day. But there's a lot I of like things. your positivity. Huh? I like your, your positive outlook. You know, hey, something's going to happen. We're going to wake up and be like, hey, what, what was COVID? We don't even remember, barely. How cool would that That'd be? be? Awesome. Yeah, it's definitely happening. That could be tonight. Like, seems like we're moving that way, right? Mm-hmm. That could, could be, be tonight. Could, could be. be tonight. Who knows? I heard Times Square's back tonight. What's that all about? Uh, like 5,000 well, people. Yeah. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. That's Are they lot. still letting Don Lemon get drunk on there with people yeah. and hang out? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I know my parents like to watch that. All right. They should let Romo. Yeah, let Pistol. <laughs> they should Foxy. let Romo. They should let Romo get drunk Foxy. and celebrate New Year's Foxy. Eve. Foxy. Who's, yeah. uh, who's uh, Steve Harvey and Gronk were a great oh, New Year's geez. Eve duo. Oh, the Gronk smash. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that, yeah. that was a great. What do you watch? Tonight we got SmackDown. Oh, no. Big time SmackDown. Recorded it this morning. Yep. Recorded it this morning. Wait, what? Well, we it aired it, so I never know what to do. Like if if we, if, you know, I don't want to ruin the business. Sure. We we recorded obviously tonight beforehand, but I didn't want to be the person that's saying that. I think like, I'm not going to be the person that's saying that. But I'm doing the show right now, and the show is already running in Australia and in a couple other countries. I'm getting screenshots. So do you guys do two shows in one night somewhere? Well, I mean, some some of us did for that particular tonight's good show. I'm just I'm, that's I, did, I had no idea tonight's good show but I was getting screenshots from Australia about our show airing already and I'm like well I'm definitely gonna be on show today so gigs up I guess we did <laughs> we, yeah, we are not actually there doing it tonight but that should be a pretty good show I think it's a countdown but dropping a ball is there a ball drop no ball drop just a lot of gems <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean dropping gems all over that thing but what will we be doing tonight uh, it, Sirianni said he won't make it in midnight Unless, you know, Michigan and Georgia goes in over the multiple overtime scenario, I'm not going to be up at midnight. Why not? Because I once football's over, I go to bed. <laughs> it's kind of like Pavlov's dogs thing. Yeah, exactly. No football, I'm sleeping, you know, or preparing for football. Yeah, I understand. Well, thank you for that, Coach. Thank you, Coach. You're not getting anywhere near enough credit, are you? No, I mean, you know, like I said, my tone has changed maybe a tiny bit on this show in the last couple of weeks because I am the best coach in the NFL. They don't have to give me a fucking award or any of that mumbo jumbo, but come playoff time, nobody wants to see my dogs. Nobody. Because that dog mentality is strong. That's right. Dog mentality has carried us through the season. Uh, there's a good, you know, we're going to beat the hell out of Washington on Sunday. I think everybody knows that. Everyone's looking ahead to week 18. With the Cowboys, I anticipate us winning that game. And then based on where we're at, we may be, uh, I don't know, playing the Cowboys again in the wild card round. Oh. And we'll beat them again. And, you know, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm a great coach. Jalen's playing unbelievable football. What's not to love about the Philadelphia Eagles right now? Well, probably, you know, the chance that there's other good teams also in the NFL, but I understand not that could keep up with your dogs. Uh, Bill Belichick was asked twice now by the same reporter about New Year's resolution. (laughs) First time, nah, okay, comes back. He says it's personal. Those things are personal, okay. Mm, All right, is what he said with a Mm -hmm. smile. Uh, Coach Siriano, what are your New Year's resolutions? What are you changing going into 2022? Have you uh, really got a chance to dive into that, or is it just too much football, Coach? No, absolutely nothing. I believe I am starting to hit 
you know, my my peak right now. I am a max capacity human being right now with everything that I'm doing. I really don't think I could be doing anything better. So, you know, resolutions for what, essentially? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll go to Dallas Sandro's two to three times a week next year. How maybe. about that? How about that, you know? Still no Geno's, still no Pats. I'll go to Dallas Sandro's, you know, three, four times a week, eat a couple more cheesesteaks next year. Is that in Delco or... Yeah, you know, so uh, I think at Roxbury, maybe. I, again, I'm not, you know, positive where it's Coach, at, I got but... a question for you. Coach, how do you, like, you're such a football guy, and like you said, like, you watch so much football. How do you, how do you work out that work-family-life balance that's so tough for some coaches? Are you talking about my family watches football with me. We talk football at home. My kids watch football with mm. me. We throw, we play football. We play catch in, you know, in the house. We do all that kind of stuff. Football is why we were put on this planet. Okay. okay. So the kids know that. My so, wife knows that. So at one point, Coach, you hate your life, but you love your work. So you make your work your life, and then you make it work. And you love everything. Got it. Thank you, Coach. Happy Thank New you, Year. Coach. Happy New Year, Coach. Let's talk about other NFL news, shall we? Russell Wilson. Okay? Oh. Russell Wilson's coming out saying some things that are like, wait a minute. Is he on his way out of there? He spoke at a press conference yesterday in which he said that he hopes it's not his last game there, but he knows it's not his last NFL game. This was unprompted, allegedly. We have no idea we were not in the press conference. The internet told us that he said this basically of his own doing there. Does that mean that there is a chance the Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited, Ship is going to cruise into different waters of the NFL next season? Are they already having a conversation? Is Team 3 the chef, the Peloton coach, the body coach, Uh the hand coach, the brain coach, the God coach, the The spiritual guru? Well, that was the God coach. Who's the person that cuts the grass? Um, Landscaper. The the head landscaper. Entire Team 3 agent. Publicist, what? marketer, what? 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 publicist, what? What? team three, which was a little chirpy last year. Oh, yeah. Last offseason, team three was a little chirpy. By the way, team three has done an incredible job. This guy, Walter Payton, man of the year, MVP. Mm-hmm. Good team. All, good team. Good team, good outcomes. They were getting a little chirpy last offseason saying, hey, there's a lot of bullshit going on over here. <laughs> yeah. Team three is reporting. And then Russell obviously never said any of this. But there was, it seemed like a real situation brewing this past offseason. And now we all ask the question, if they don't win, this is just going to happen again. It's going to happen again. Now Russell Wilson himself, the three of Team 3, is coming out and saying, I know it's not my last game in the NFL. Just even saying that with how smart Mr. Unlimited is, he knows. He knows what he the conversation is going to be. And everybody's saying he's going to be a giant, AJ. He's I'm, out of there. Yeah. I feel like he's out of there. Don't you? He wouldn't have said this if he wasn't. Is that what you're saying? I feel, it just feels like it, well, I have no idea. It's just my opinion. I don't know anything that's happening. I haven't paid a lot of attention. But it just feels like he's not going to be there. next. I feel like it's like a mutual thing. Hey, we're, we're figuring things out here in Seattle. Russ, we know you have other plans. Let's just, you know, and we enjoyed our time. You were great for us. Now go have fun. He said, I don't know if Pete Carroll's going to be there either. Well, Pete Carroll said that they it's not a rebuild. They have the essence or whatever. Remember, I misread that the other day. But it sounds like Russell Wilson, maybe. Do you think him and Pete have already talked? Because remember, they did that press conference very beginning of the season. Hey, we all love each other. Mm-hmm. What's yes, his contract situation like? Uh, great question. I'm not sure. It wasn't brought up much. The only thing that was brought up last offseason was what they wanted in return. Because if you remember, they met up there in Fargo, North Dakota. That's right. Chicago Bears, Seattle Seahawks had a meeting in North Dakota. 
that was at a pro day for Trey Lance. But the big conversation piece out of that meeting was the Chicago Bears made an actual attempt at trading for Russell Wilson. Seattle Seahawks listened to the trade offer and then inevitably turned it down. And then the conversation only burned brighter. And then training camp came and we're all kumbaya. We figured it out. Russell wants to cook. He wants to be remembered as a top five quarterback of all time. Doesn't know if that'll be able to happen in Seattle with what he's seeing happen with Tom Brady, where he's able to build his own offense basically and do his own thing, which has opened up for a lot of other quarterbacks' eyes being like, whoa, 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 whoa. I should have a little bit more say in what's going on. I don't know if this is what Russell's thinking. Just could be what's going on. He would have never said that if he didn't think he was gone. Okay, so he's got two years left on his deal. Um, he's due $37 million if he's on the roster next year. Uh, he's got $26 million in dead cap. That can be split over two seasons after the June 1st designation, whether he is traded or released. Okay, so – but – I don't think this is going to be even a part of it. I think the conversation is just going to be whether or not old Russ is happy and mm-hmm. Seattle's happy. If Seattle was even listening to offers, right, they, they had thought about it. Now every GM would say, well, if we don't listen to all, I mean, we're not doing the best for our team. And this is coming after anonymous sources are saying, Pete Carroll is the reason why the Seahawks are good. And then anonymous sources are coming out and say, well, fuck the coaching staff, Russell Wilson. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it got a little ugly there. And now this statement is only going to rebrew that entire thing. Who knows what happens with Russ? We hope the Seahawks continue to have success, though, because the Seattle Seahawks fans seem to only get talked about in a negative light on this particular show, and we do apologize. We wish we were a live show when the Legion of Boom is flying around. You guys are winning the Super Bowl. That's right. Talk about it a lot. Which, by the way, that's what a lot of anonymous sources were saying, too. Mm -hmm. Who knows how that whole thing went. Kirk Cousins self-reported some symptoms for COVID-19 this morning. He is obviously uh, unvaccinated. If I die, I die. It's what Kirk Cousins said whenever he was asked about COVID and the vaccination and everything, basically his viewpoints around it. So he is out for Sunday night's game against the Packers, which is obviously a pivotal matchup, not only in the NFC North, but for the Vikings in the playoff picture in general. They've been without Adam Thielen. He's on IR. Now they're without Kirk Cousins, their trigger man, who was paid $90 million or $100 million in his last year of his contract here. Success a couple years ago with the team. Then it's been a lot of questions. Question marks. Now there's only going to be conversations around his decision not to get vaccinated, not being able to come back for five days, missing this massive game on Sunday night, and potentially putting his entire future, his team's future in jeopardy. It's now 13 and a half, and you can add Sean Mannion to that graphic from earlier this week. Sean Mannion will be starting on Sunday night football. That is a quarterback that plays What's football. Kellen Mond. Why isn't Kellen Mond ready? Apparently he's not as good. Kellen Mond from Texas A&M, mm-hmm. great quarterback, saw him beat Alabama last year. He and Jimbo Fisher gave an interview afterwards that was absolutely magical. Pretty happy with your brain there, huh? Pumped, dude. Because <laughs> Sean Mannion, you dropped that name. And I was like, eh. Oregon State, oh, Oregon great. State legend, yeah. Oh, of course, dude. Big and, guy. And when the Ducks get going. Skycam 2.0. This guy. Beavers. The Beaver. When the Beavers... <laughs> Yeah, Oregon's stuff. <laughs> yeah. what, hey, what if he lights it up, though, man? He may, he may light it up. You know, we've seen crazy things happen, maybe at least for a little bit. He might light it up. I agree. I completely agree. And if Aaron Rodgers wasn't the quarterback on the other team, I think the NFL would be at the point where they're like, these motherfucking games having these no-name quarterbacks in them are potentially ruining our ratings from 20-some million only to, oh, what? 17. 17 million. That's 3 million different. I mean, who, who knows how the NFL feels about all this, but... I think we should applaud Kirk Cousins for self-reporting. Hey, self-reporting. 
doesn't have an outbreak amongst the entire team. But this is exactly what the NFL, I think, was trying to avoid whenever they enacted the latest protocol, which is IQ via spot testing randomly Monday or Tuesday early in the week to keep everybody safe to see who who it has. Five-day sentence, non-vaccinated or vaccinated, as long as symptoms are coming back. Everybody should be good for a game. Everybody should be good for a game, the NFL said. Everybody should be good for a game. Everybody should be good for a game. And then here we are on Field Good Friday, New Year's Eve, and the NFL said, oh, starting quarterback for a Sunday Night Football primetime fucking game, obviously. Yeah, what is going on? We just changed rules for this, but Kirk Cousins is doing the right thing. Kirk Cousins is doing the right thing. That needs to be the conversation around. No disrespect to Sean Mannion, but AJ brings up a good point. Like, he's been in the league since 2015. Really? Um, What? In the NFL? Yeah. He has zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, so that's like, why I don't know. Like, wouldn't you want to see maybe what your rookie quarterback can do maybe before the offseason to see if you want to stay with Kirk? Yeah, or? but Zimmer might be gone, right? Yeah. I mean, Zimmer might be gone. Does Zimmer care about the rookie quarterback? I don't think he cares well, at I, all. I, if he thinks if that could, Sean Mannion can give them the best chance to win, that's probably not a good sign for your – Well, for Zimmer, though, problem. wouldn't he want – yeah. Wouldn't Zimmer want Kellen Mond to come in and light it up for these last yes. couple of games? Well, he cursed him Light it up. Uh, uh, and then give him hope and try to save your job? Like, is that a possibility? And Kellen Mond's ball player. Mannion has only started in week 17. He has two other starts, both week 17 as well. We would like to let everybody know that although Sean Mannion only comes in whenever his team is either completely dead or very much alive in the NFL, mm-hmm. Sean Mannion would slice and dice Every pickup game out there. Guy's been in the NFL for six years. Maybe that's why Zimmer wants him as the uh, quarterback. Is Being around the NFL for six even if you stink, it sounds like, in game plays, the amount of defenses and meetings and everything. He has a good he- hand on the offense, too. I'm sure you can trust him that, hey, it's going to look right. It's, he Obviously, they would try to lean on Dalvin Cook a right. lot as much as they can. What is it, 13, you said? 13 and a half? 13 and a half, no. Man. Man, Packers going to win by 100, huh? Sure feels like. Seven, but I mean, four. we may know early, like, hey, oh, the Vikings aren't going to be able to score points tonight. Like, that may be one of those games. Yeah, and this defense, too, the Packers' defense. In like the Saints, so man. Cold. I can't believe I had the Saints in that game with uh, Ian Book. That poor kid. He didn't have a chance. Like, he couldn't. That was impossible. That's what it sounded like for Ian Book. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard that, but that was Ambulance. Mm-hmm. That was right. just driving by right there. That's what Ian Book's primetime game looked like. Yeah, it, There's only one W for these COVID fill-in guys. Okay, or what, at the quarterback position, and that's Davis Dougie Mills. Oh, yeah. That's right. He's the only guy. Will Sean Panyon become <laughs> the next? Yep. Will Sean get a win, a crucial win for the Vikings in an NFC North rivalry matchup in Lambeau mm-hmm. against a Green Bay Packers team that seems to be hotter than anybody and doesn't even know it or care, it feels like. feels like none of the Packers care how good they've played thus far or even know how good they've played because they've been in this situation so many times in the past. And the last couple weeks, they've kind of you know like left the door open and had a lot of people questioning, like, well, I don't know, should we be concerned about the Packers? So I could see this being a get-right game. But even seeing Cousins go out, like like AJ said, like I, I just assume I mean, Dalvin Cook's going to get the ball 35-40. Time. It's going to be cold as shit. So if they can stop the run, they should be in a pretty good spot. So what did Aaron tell us? We got to get better at stepping on throats. He actually said, I think that was an actual quote on Tuesday. Like we got to continue to be aggressive and step on it. I think it was like a reminder, a wake up call for us. Because we asked about, you know, we had Devontae Tud Packers money line. 
Once Devontae scores and the game appears to be going the way it goes, you're not just dialed into the TV on Christmas. You're doing some conversation. You're looking back. You're doing some conversation. You're looking back. What the fuck is going on? Are the Browns about to beat the Packers? What happened? And then he even mentioned that they kind of acknowledged it and were like, hey, we got we to gotta finish teams when we got to finish teams. That's something that has to happen. So does that 13 and a half matter? If that we know that that is their focal point almost in a thought process or a conversation same deal too like they still have a lot to play for they haven't clinched home field advantage yet like i mean i mean they're it's not the last week of the season right oh this feels good huh i think they're they're getting a couple guys back off the covid list as well like they should be you know picked baker off four times last week now you're playing against sean manning a guy who what you say he started three times in his career in the nfl they got film on him week 17 games Mm -hmm. three picks (laughs) zero tuds he's gonna give you one or two or hey see toddy catch the ones sorry see toss t catch the one sean throws you there you go there's gonna be a see toss t Catch the one Sean throws you. It's going to happen. But he might have learned from his mistakes. He might have been in the Zimmer and Kirk Cousins quarterback uh, university that is comparable to uh, Drew Brees and Sean Payton's Harvard of football is how Jameis uh, described it. Maybe he's gotten better. I doubt it. Feels like the Packers are going to run away with this. Yeah, week. and again, going to be icy cold at Lambeau on Sunday. Justin night. Jefferson, though, is a player. Oh, yeah, big time. What's Sean Mannion known for? He, not he's touchdowns. Tall. He he's looks tall. similar to Mike Glennon. Really tall. Yeah. Six, six. Not as tall as that fucking guy playing for Nevada the other day. No. 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 Hey, there was a seven foot ten guy playing quarterback. Coxie? What was his name? Yeah, Cox. Big, Big Cox. Mm-hmm. Big Cox. This guy had to bend down like this to do a handoff. <laughs> How tall is he really? I never seen anything. Like, he's in shotgun, in the pistol. Hit, gets the ball. Hand the ball off to the running back, and then he comes back up to seven foot fourteen or whatever. He's listed at six nine. <laughs> six nine cleats. You should see him skates, dude. Yeah, this guy Monster. can hoop. Seven two. Guy can hoop. It's Chara. Hey, it's he, like Chara. Yeah, he's Chara, man. He was massive. That's another little gem out of bowl season, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I would like to take back any disrespect I had towards Oregon State earlier. I, that's on me. I should have known. They're the orange and black squad. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's the. Uh, that's Johnny Hecker's school. Chad yeah. Huh? Chad Johnson. T.J. Hushmanzita. Jordan Poyer. That's Jordan not Poyer. that guy's. Jordan Poyer? Yeah. <clears throat> Fucking love. He's from Astoria. Gary Payton Jr. Really? Yeah. Oregon State's got a program. Okay? They got mm-hmm. a program up there. Sean Mannion's about to put on for all of them. Sean Mannion's about to... Hey, did you talk to Steve Smith Sr. yet? What are you guys betting on for that program? <laughs> program oh, I haven't. Wasn't it just pride I think we, we agreed on? I don't think so. That doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound mm-hmm. like anything. Yeah. Ohio State's still favored. They have like four 000? of their top dudes out. Yeah, it's dropped, though. It, went, it was six and a half. It was four and a half yesterday. All you guys are sitting out? <clears throat> top two couple, wideouts. A couple wideouts. Uh, D. Lyman, who's a stud, and what? who's the other one? You tell us, dude. I don't, you fucking yeah, live you're the in the I forget the other one right now. I mean, you live in it's the weird. Alave's there. Alave, the receiver, stud. He and Garrett Wilson are sitting out in the game, but Olave's out there practicing with the team, like doing some like indiv- like he's he's actually there, be a part of it. I wonder if like Kenny Pickett was watching that game yesterday from the suite, and I was obviously never in a position to ever sit out anything because there was big money on the other side of it. And I don't think during the era that I was playing, and Mm-mm. probably there, it, this wasn't something that happened. And I get it makes sense, okay. And I'm all about everybody making. A lot of money, okay? I'm all about everybody making as much money as possible. But, man, that last game with your – like, with your – 
And I guess it's different. Everything's a business now. I get it. Everything's a business now. But that last game, I feel like like one last trip around, it feels like these meetings, these the night before meal, the you know, like just every I don't know. I, it just and I started watching weird. the game is weird too. Like Kenny Pickett, I feel like that was probably pretty weird because oh, this is a big time game for our program. We yeah. haven't been in one of these in a long time. We're representing the as the ACC champ. Like that's a big game. Could be painted as a big game in your head if you really wanted to. Yeah. And he's that's walked- a that's a program builder right there if you win that one. Legit though, mm-hmm. in, in Narduzzi, you know, and the money that came in for the head coaching role, I assume Kenny Pickett did not necessarily sit through that entire game and didn't think, fuck, I should have played in this mm-hmm. game. I, I assume there was a lot of moments where he was like, I wish I would have played. They would have won if they let him keep calling plays. What do you mean? Well, after they showed him after the one touchdown, he was he was in the coach's box fucking calling plays, and they fucking scored, and then they fucking kicked them out. Why? Because Whip is no longer there, Whipple's, right? yeah. Whipple, Whip, Whipple Whip? left. Mm-hmm. Whipple's Mark, gone. Mark left. Um, you know, I mean, Kenny, I mean, that guy just continues to impress. I mean, that guy is just going to be an incredible quarterback. Come on, jaw. Kenny Pickett? Yeah. You want him just to slide to the other side of the building and go to the Steelers? Uh, it only makes sense, AJ. I mean, this kid has got it all. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. When did this happen? I thought it was Corral. <laughs> well, I it was, Corral was, it was sour on it. It's yeah. been it's been a slow transition, and then when he paid respect to seven yesterday, I mean, it put me over the moon. Kenny Pickett did. Oh yeah. What did he do? He fucking ran out into that suite. <laughs> 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 that How's it go? It turns out. Hey, by the way, me. Oh yeah. Pointing out that he has been running awkwardly this year and. Just literally putting one foot in front of the other. So the introduction at the beginning of the game, introduced last is last time. He's going to be an interesting, you know what I mean? It is going to be an interesting run. Just kind of getting out there, lumbering, lumbering along, probably with tears in his face, Brett Michaels in tow. I mean, there's a chance all that's going to happen. There's a reason why he has looked like that, AJ. His hip, hip, right? Yeah, Ray Ray McLeod. The focal point of the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> offense, Jesus electrifying Christ. player, uh, as reported by Alex Kazora. Ray Ray McLeod says Ben Roethlisberger's hip injury this year was so bad that he couldn't even tie his shoes. But he didn't miss a game because of it. He took every hit that came his way, never complained. There's other people in the building saying that he has taken the approach of... Uh, he just wants to enjoy this last ride, doesn't want to make any drama, doesn't want to do anything that could potentially bring any negative light. But yeah, here's Jeremy Fowler at Jay Fowler ESPN is reporting. One source is uh, is compared Ben Roethlisberger's final year uh, mentality to Kobe Bryant's last year with the Lakers. Enjoying the ride despite the team's struggles, not complaining publicly, going out with class. Let's not do any drama. Okay, I've been here for 18 years, 18 winning seasons. I will be remembered in a very great fashion by this city that built America forever. Let's not do any drama, although we stink and maybe I have lost it a little bit in my hips. I can't even time a goddamn toast. I need... I need Chase Claypool to tie up my cleats before the goddamn game. I ain't saying anything to anybody, and he's just doing his thing, AJ. I mean, Ben, you can't really question Ben's toughness and the amount of times that dude has gotten hit and continues to keep coming. Like, he is, he's a durable dude. There's no walking boot for your hip. No, there's not. But (laughs) just wheelchair, right? Yeah. Well, it's one of those diapers. It looks like a, it's a cast, but it's it's like a diaper cast. I just figured it out. You could probably do this one. Couldn't this one help your hip? Yeah, I have one of those still, yeah. Yeah, this is this one's a fun one. Anytime, you know, you get to steal somebody's, it was always a good time. Because they got new ones that are kind of like four-wheelers. 
You know, they got a little bit more to them. There's, yeah, there's brakes on them and everything. You can steer them now. It's great. Yeah. I used to turn somebody sideways. I forget who, who it was. I used to. They were doing their rehab. They were so miserable. So miserable. <laughs> Whatever it was hurt so bad. And I'm walking. Oh, look at this. Right, let me see this. How's it going? Yeah. Fucking turn this on me sideways. Rolling around. You know, they're like, yeah. I'm an asshole. Absolutely. But I... I thought it was a good time. Couldn't he get one of those for his hip? And how come we haven't seen it? You know, because he said earlier, what, if you were to see it, you would think, you know, mm-hmm. you think it was much worse than this. So that thing's just oh, been. Oh, black and blue all Gross. Oh. Disgusting. The reason that Ray Ray McLeod has become the focal point of the Steelers' offense, he's been tying Ben's cleats before every game. Smart. Uh, yeah. So Ben's running after. Come on. Every single, every single week. He's like, hey, Ray, Ray, I'm going to get you in there, dude. For you practice, know? too. Yeah, for Well, he's literally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Guy couldn't tie his shoes. Could you imagine? Guy couldn't do anything. Yeah, he's a warrior. He's a fucking stud. How Seven. do you think he takes a snap? Like, how does he run a play? Like, how does he get a snap? Shotgun. 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 But still, what's it look like? Well, Adult he, age. He's, he's, in, he's sitting there with his hand back. This is a feel good day. Yeah, Why won't right. AJ throw up the. Throw it up. Hey, uh, <laughs> you know, son of a bitch. He has to lift it with his abs. The dude has no hip mobility. He's lifting his fucking big athletic leg with his abs. I mean, everybody's judging this guy from his athletic ability this year. I want to let Ben know we we actually, and by we, I mean Tone, went back and watched Ben's highlights. Oh, dude. Tone, what hey, was Ben your... is a freak athlete. Ben was a stud hey. basketball player in high school. Too. I bet you he is incredible at ping pong. All those gym teacher games at this point, Ben Roethlisberger will beat you at. Every gym teacher, basically, I'm not saying everyone, but the ones that are good, they're good at sports where they don't have to move. Okay, If you get them moving, you're going to win. But if they get you in a sport where they don't have to, if it's just a shooting game, Horse, they're going to get you. Ping pong, they're going to get you. If it's any other sport where they don't have to move much, they're going to be great at it. And that's because they're dexterity. That's because they're athletic. That's because they're able to do it. Ben, I assume, is great at all those things. You said your brother played with him in Miami, Ohio. He's just great at all those? Yeah, I think, yeah. Like any, Ben's an athlete. So I think any kind of sport he plays, he's really good. Some athletes are stinking ping pong. I think he was a pitcher, too, maybe. Yeah, I watched, I watched, I've been watching a lot of highlights, and this is on my stupid CTA, CTE brain. See, CTA. Fucking well, I mean, for forgetting. Call to action right now. Mm. Get your CTE tightened up. And I, acci- <laughs> well, that's a good brain I accidentally said earlier this week that Josh Allen reminded me of Ben, which he does. And I said, but maybe a little bit faster. I went back. I watched highlights. And even Zito was watching. There was a play. And Zito goes, ooh. Yeah. And, like, and then at the, I went and looked up the combine numbers. Mm. Josh Allen and Ben, same exact height, mm. same exact weight, same exact 40 times. Wow. Four so, seven. So whenever you say, <laughs> so hold on one second. Blazing. So, so whenever you say that Josh Allen reminds you of Ben, or yeah. Ben reminds you, a young, yeah. uh, young Ben reminds you of Josh Allen. Yeah. That wasn't the problem. The problem was when you disrespected Seven by saying yes. Josh was faster. Correct. That's what you're upset with yeah. yourself. Yeah. Because okay. he's not. He's not. And I can't believe I even put that in the fucking universe. Ben was a fucking stallion. He running all over the place. He really was extending plays, backyard football. Ben though, in the same era as. Uh, 
I think AJ, and although AJ's in incredible shape, much different era now in how you take care of your body, how you do everything. Not that Ben isn't, he's played 18 years in the NFL. That is an incredible career. The amount of hits, he has had to take care of his body, the amount of rehab, everything like that. But I'm just talking about when it comes to like dieting and like performance coaches and every, I don't think Ben has an entire team of performance specialists around him at all times to make sure every piece of food that's going in is monitored and everything like that. Now, Josh Allen, I don't think is like that either. He'll have cold ice, cold yeah. bears, what? with the Bills mafia, what? Yeah, hot dog, what? with ketchup, what? and mustard, what? and wings, what? and more wings, what? and anchor wings. What? I understand you were the first, but maybe you could adapt a little bit. You guys are the smallest wings I've ever had in my entire life. There's other wings oh. that I guess put, uh, pump in GMOs and stuff. Mm-hmm. They have taken, they might be better wings, although you are the OG wings. I mm. respect you, anchor wings and everything like that. But Josh Allen has the ability now to use modern science and yep. thinking to hopefully extend that window in which you're talking about young Ben because those old highlights are awesome, AJ. I mean, the stuff that he has done over – and it's – like he's in his 18th season, so he's doing something right. No matter what, however yes. he takes care of himself, whatever he's doing, he's done something right. He's a Hall of Famer, no question. Two Super Bowl rings, played in what, one more, mm-hmm. two more. Just Don't, one more. Just right? one more. Don't bring that one up. What do we think yeah. Ben's going to do after football? Right off in the sunset. I think he's got a church, right? He is is like he going to stay in Pittsburgh, you think? I, w- I, w- I would be shocked if he left. Georgia? I think he's going to. Doesn't he have a house down there on that, uh, like a really nice yeah, lake? He's got all of his kids here, though. Like He's got a big ranch like type style. Is his house. wife from Pittsburgh? I don't know where she's from. How old are his kids? Young kids? Young. Yeah. Oh, they can get new memories somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> not, that, not that Ben won't have a place in Pittsburgh. I assume he'll always go back to Pittsburgh. Steelers alumni get yeah. treated very well, both from the team and from local businesses. So I think Ben will always have... have Likes a, to hunt, though. There's things to kill in Georgia. Good hunting down there. I think they kill a lot. Not a hog hunter. Hey, I'll tell you what, those hog hunts, though... <laughs> Wife is from Pittsburgh. Oh, that's a big deal, right? Huge deal. Yeah, of course. People like to be around family, especially when you have kids. What will Ben do? Huh? Maybe Ben will open a couple Start of acting. I hope he's going to be the OC. You want him to be an actor? Yeah, I want to see fucking Ben in a movie directed by like Martin Scorsese. Me too. What do you want, an action star? Is he- Maybe. Maybe. Like an old beat-up <laughs> P.I.? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chasing somebody with a gun? Mm-hmm. Get down, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Hands off, dude. Get down, dude. Everybody on ground. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Right there. That's so funny. <laughs> That'd be awesome. This show stinks. Wait, your cowboy boots. Are you serious? It's New Year's Eve, dude. It's New Year's Eve. Okay. <laughs> Come on. You got to make it a little bit special. Hey, the, I was just reading uh, last night a GQ article for 50 things that are going to be in style for 2022. Tank tops and cowboy boots. Cowboy, boys was, cowboy boots was right at the top of the list, my friend. Why are you reading that? Because I want to know what to do in 2022. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? This dude is fashion. Yeah. No, he just watches a TV show and then becomes what TV show he's watching. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a bad style. I mean, it's it's working out. But it just worked out coincidentally and nicely that I did just order cowboy boots and it's going to be sweet in 2022. Watch Breaking Bad again. Yeah. (laughs) I did. Thought about doing AJ, that. AJ, you are such a fuck. Isn't that a meth show? Yes. So you're telling me these are coming back in style? They ain't never oh, left. No, Who, no, what agree. magazine is this? GQ, the Gentleman's Quarterly. Yeah, fuck yeah, They never left. GQ, welcome the fucking reality, dude. <laughs> how's, <laughs> the, how's the grip on this? Don't you slip? What are you talking about? Yeah, when Copperhead Road comes on, you gotta be able to fucking move. Mm, you know slippy eye. Oh. Hey, that was pretty clean, actually. Oh, my God. I should probably hit a bigger one. 
Do I still got it? Bad him. Jesus, so much shit, AJ. Oh no, it looks pretty clean. Here we go. I mean, what are we thinking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Are yeah. you kidding me? That was pretty cool. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Huh? That's what the cowboy boots do. That's what they... Hey, 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 hey. You know? Man, maybe these should be every day. Yeah. Not, you know, I think they are what rolled my ankle. <laughs> ah, not a lot of ankle support in these fat Cayman Crocs I got. You know what I mean? They're a little wide-bodied at the top. You can see that with the jeans, but... You should spat them. Huh? You should spat them. I should, shouldn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what's in GQ for 2024. I'll tell him. <laughs> cowboy boots. All right, we got to pick all the games, okay? We got to do this in five minutes, so enough with this shit, all right? <laughs> I got you. I'll stop moonwalking. Hey, that was a pretty clean fucking moonwalk there, huh? I haven't I mean, done that in legit, years. That's legit moonwalk. I haven't done that in years, years. All right, let's go through it. Raiders, Colts. Colts, seven-point favorites at home. I'm taking the Colts. Yep, me too. Cool. Giants, Bears. Bears favored by five and a half Andy at Dalton. home. Just announced that Andy Dalton will be the starter. Andy Dalton is the starter against Jake Fromm. I be- I don't know if Glennon or – it doesn't matter. The Fromm-Glennon <laughs> combination for the Giants being represented against the Bears favored by five and a half at home with Andy Dalton slinging the rock. I'm going with the Red Rocket at minus five and a half. Me too. Oh, Me too. Let's go. Bucks, Jets. Jets getting 13 Bucks at minus home. 13. Huh? I'll take Bucks minus 13. Okay, me too. It's kind of fucking boring here, dude. Let's go Falcons, Bills. Bills favored by 14 and a half. Stephon Diggs just came on the other day. Seems like spirits are high. A lot of videos from Josh Allen on the sideline of that Patriots game. That was a big win. Yeah. That was a big win for the Buffalo Bills and for Josh Allen. Will they be able to maintain that high morale and energy to beat the Falcons by more than 14 and a half? I'm taking Falcons here at plus 14 and a half. All right, sweet. I got the Bills, dude. Stephon Diggs came on the show. He just told a bunch of assholes to go fuck themselves. They're going to win. Falcons the Bills are going to win. Falcons have been AJ, AJ picks the Falcons every week, no matter what it feels like. <laughs> well, it's because they did have that little run of surprise. So many points. That's the only reason I know yeah, I'm I probably going to get screwed here, but it I'm is. taking it. No, but also the Falcons had a little bit of a run there where it was like, is this team going to somehow? Yeah, they're seven and eight. Yeah, is it? Yeah, there was I don't a, feel like it, though. But I think they had like a three win or four wins in like six week yeah. span there where mm-hmm. it was like, holy shit, are the Falcons a thing? And then now we're finding out they might be in the future, but not right now. Eagles, Washington. Coach Sirianni, how the boys feel against a Washington team that got blown out in primetime television last weekend? Uh, yeah, and I believe their running back, who's basically yeah. one of their best players, has COVID. So we're going to beat the fuck out of them. Okay, AJ? Uh, Eagles minus four. Eagles minus four is kind of boring. Chiefs, Bengals, four and a half. This is a massive game in the AFC playoff standings. Joey Burrow is now in so many conversations, from the Bart Scott conversation to the Tom Brady comparison conversations. Everything in between. Joey Burrow is rising in the superstardom ranks alongside a bunch of young bucks that are absolute studs on offense with a good defense at home getting points. That is interesting to me because Cincy is not an easy place to play. Especially right now, I feel like, with all the momentum they have and the weather. But I'm taking Chiefs minus four and a half. Okay, give me the Bengals plus four and a half. Chiefs win, though, I think. Maybe. I don't know. Let's, let's go ahead and get that thing. Jaguars, Patriots, 10, <laughs> or 16 and a half. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. What are you thinking here? Patriots. Yeah, unfortunately. I will take the Patriots. Bill still doesn't have a New Year's resolution. <laughs> so, we think he's fucking around with the goddamn Jags. 
I, I'm Again. proud of her. That's awesome. That's good journalism. Yeah. Get your answer. That's uh, personal. Okay. <laughs> Bill, Bill had to have seen that go huge and that whole thing happen. And his girlfriend probably was like, do you have to be so mean? Uh, football, please. If I get asked again, wait till you hear photo. <laughs> it's personal. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, Dolphins, Titans, three and a half. AJ? Man, see, this is a good game, but I'm, I'll go Titans minus three and a half. Give me the Dolphins plus okay. three and a half. Oh, Rabel, okay. fuck. Stick with it. Let's go. Three What's and a half nice? is a lot, though. Three and a half is a, is a lot. Titans win. Dolphins plus three and a half. Shout out, Gumpy. Let's go get that thing. Rams. Money line. What's that? Dolphins money line. Okay. Hey, Gumpy has an extra bonus pick. We'll see if he's 0 1 or 1 0 for the week. Rams, Ravens. I got Rams minus four and a half. Lamar is not. Huntley's playing, though. Mm-hmm. Give me the Ravens plus four and a half. Five and a half now. Plus five and a half at home. You got minus five and a half for the Rams? I'll take Rams minus four and a half, yeah. No, no, no. The thing's five and a half. Just okay. Switched. Give me five and a half then. Oh, okay, you said it. Broncos, a charger. Get six for a touchdown still, right? Give me the Stafford over. I mean, they just gave up 500 last week to Joey B. Diggs might go 1-0 and in a week in a row and 1-0 in a week. Hammer down, boys got a lot on the line, two picks. Broncos, Chargers, plus six, minus six. Uh, Chargers favorite at home against Seven the Broncos. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Holy Jeez. shit. Why is that? What happened? I don't know, to be honest with you. Drew Locke still starting quarterback. <laughs> mm. All right, we're all taking the Chargers. They stunk last week. That seems to be the Chargers M.O.? Yeah, I got the Chargers. Uh, Texans, Niners. 12 and a half is so much. You know what? I'll take Texans plus 12 and a half. Give me Davis, Dougie Mills. Cardinals, Cowboys, six. Cowboys minus six. Give me the Cardinals plus six. That seems right. to be a hot, cold team there. Panthers, Saints. Who are the quarterbacks playing Darnold's, this game? Darnold and Taysom Hill. Oh. Saints minus six and a half. Me as well. Lions, Seahawks. Oh, my goodness. No golf. TB12 is playing. Move to uh, seven and a half. Seahawks minus seven and a half for me. Rush just said I'm leaving. Get, oh. Lions, one of the best teams at covering in ten the and NFL. Five. Ten and five. Are they really? Yeah. Who's the quarterback again? Tim Boyle. The Seahawks are ten oh, and five? Yeah. No, no, no. The Lions are ten and five against the spread. Give me the fucking Lions after Russell Wilson. I hope it's not my last time. Well, I'm definitely going to be somewhere. I, give me. I don't know. I like Russell Wilson. I like Seahawks, but give me goddamn MCDC. And last one here: Sunday night football. It is no longer a seven point spread or a twelve and a half point spread. It is sitting at thirteen and a half. Yep. Packers favored at home. Aaron Rodgers and the boys are primed on prime time to make a prime run at the end of the season to have home field advantage through the NFC against a division rival that doesn't have a quarterback. Over under at 42 and a half, too. That, that'll be interesting for some people. Obviously, I will take Packers still minus 12 and a half. Uh, it's 13 and a half. Thanks for paying okay, attention. Yep. We're in week 17. I mean, at this Jesus point. Jesus Christ. Jesus it's not, oh, it's the same. Doesn't matter. You minus. Oh, maybe your alternate spread nineteen and a half. Uh, no, I wouldn't go that far, but they easily could do that. Yeah, sixteen and a half. Sure. Alternate spread sixteen and a half. Now give me fourteen and a half. Okay, that wouldn't make much sense. But okay, you got fourteen and a half. I will. I will take the thirteen and a half. Okay. Okay, so I got Packers minus 13 and a half. AJ's got a minus 14 and a half. Although, so I get two if they cover them. No, 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 no. Clown. No, 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 Thank you. Shout out to Connor. Uh, and shout out to all of you, by the way. And I feel Hopefully like- he's doing all right, though. Shout out to Connor. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing fine. <laughs> I'm doing fine. It's not really, I don't even fucking feel it, you know? 
I know how he feels. I, I had a similar situation. Yeah. You didn't sound like Bane through. I mean, he sounds so bad. He, he was. That could just be the cigarettes, in fairness. True. Yeah. True. A lot of butts being smoked, especially in that apartment all by himself. He's probably just sitting <laughs> yeah. there, yep. walking oh, in a circle, smoking butts, blowing it out of uh, paper towel things out the window. That's right. <laughs> all right. We're back uh, for Every Action Monday. Have an incredible new year. We can't thank you all enough for the year that has been. To all the boys, I appreciate the hell out of you. To all your significant others, I appreciate the hell out of all of you. Uh, to AJ and all your incredible work, thank you, sir. To everybody that has joined our show and had conversations with us, whether it via the 5-Hour Energy phone line or a guest on the show or any other possible conversations that could have happened recorded on this particular platform on this program. I thank you all so, so much. And to the fans that watch every single day and tell their friends to watch and spread the word, boots on the ground, little guerrilla marketing, I can't thank you all enough for allowing this group of absolute idiots to be a part of your day-to-day. We can't wait for 2022. We got some massive things cooking. Um, I'm, I might be up to something. <laughs> okay. I might be up to something, you know, for 2022. Okay. But when I say that, I don't mean that anything will change with this show. I think the, the good news about this show, and I think this is something that maybe people appreciate and why they let us do the incredibly dumb things we do on a day-to-day and fucking, you guys are the best humans on earth. Because I honestly think the, the quality of the show matters. And it might be a, a show that stinks and it might be stupid, but I refuse at this stage of life with the things that happened this past year for our company uh, to be another person that will allow myself for our show to end up in a place where we won't be able to be us. So know that no matter what happens in 2022, what we learned in 2021 is that we're allowed to have our own show, do our own thing, and kind of walk to the beat of our own drum with no boss. So that'll never change. The show will continue to go on. Uh, the boys will continue to be incredible and the best tag team partner in the game. I appreciate the hell out of all of you. I appreciate you, AJ. I am up to something, but we also have one last final giveaway for everybody that has made all of our dreams come true and allow us to do this uh, on our day-to-day. Have an incredible new year. You're the best people on earth. Uh, this is the year 2021 through the eyes of our show in one big wrap up. Thanks to Evan Foxy. Evan Foxy. Uh, there's a giveaway at the end, but just know that we can't thank you all enough. We'll see you on Overreaction Monday. I hope AJ and I picked the games perfectly, and we hope COVID is no longer around. That'd be really cool. Um, cheers to you all. 